Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and uh, I guess you could say it's a little late, give or take. I guess it's about 1225 um, in the morning, and um, again, like I've always said before, I usually do the, um, I usually have to do my podcast, basically, my episodes, basically, um, whenever I either get a day off or it has to be very late in the evening, I guess, 1225 the next morning would qualify as, I guess. And I do qualify for late in the evening, maybe early early morning if you want to really uh, consider that. Um, as you say, we still got a lot to catch up on, and we're going to try to do that as you know, uh, a bit by bit. Uh, for those who joined for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please, I've always stated about your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your, your fellow co-workers. I've always said your dog, your cat, any animals that you know of. Um, certainly, I wish, um, certainly I hope you can certainly... Um, Get them to to join to join in join in as we talk nothing but football and we're sure we'll cover a few things maybe not everything that you want to hear but um at least in this episode we'll cover we'll cover um a couple of Washington Commanders news um one is not going to be so good one of them is kind of a surprise news but we will we will get into that is uh, very shortly and for those of you from day one I want to say thank you for doing so. And as always, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow co-workers, um, random person on the street, somebody in a convenience store, drugstore, uh, whatever the case might be, please, by all means, get them to get them to come on and listen to the podcast. As we're all we're all family and friends here, we certainly want to. I certainly certainly want to get you know better and better and better as as time goes on. Um, as I stated before, uh, we're getting I'm getting close to a milestone uh won't be too much longer hopefully with the 200th episode coming up shortly um i don't have like i said before i don't have any big whoop to do plans as to what we'll do for the 200th episode um but again we will continue as the preseason's getting i guess as the off season i should say is getting cranked getting cranked up um you know again like i said um uh, at the combine you've got people um doing interviews you got owners general managers coaches all doing the interviews and uh, saying some of the very interesting things, and certainly we will get a chance to get into them. If not, in this episode, we'll get into the next episode. Um, certainly, there's uh, one that I will not touch up on this episode is about my Cincinnati Bengals, and we'll talk about not this episode, but hopefully next episode. Uh, something very interesting that Dick Tobin has said, and um, something that Zach Taylor brought up that again we will not cover it in this episode, but there's a very interesting take on one issue and a very different take on another issue. But again, we will not get into we'll not get into that. Um and again if you do not get a chance to listen here on Anchor, I'm on Spotify, R Radio, Stitcher, uh, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, just some of the ones I, I am on. So uh, again uh again I want to thank it. The viewership here of late has kind of gone up a little a little bit. And for those who have been listening to it, uh, I want to say thank you for doing so, and please continue to so, to do so. Um, also, I want to thank um, some people that are on Facebook. I've added a few more small businesses and um, some bloggers and you know stuff like that. And and I want to I want to seriously um, I want to seriously you know thank you for you know adding me. And I'm adding you, and um, hopefully hopefully this will help me, you know, help me to 
push towards you know push towards a uh, goal that I would like to do is is like to become bigger, bigger and get my name get get the name out there as your businesses are trying to get out there. I'm trying to get my face my you know I'm trying to get out there as well and um, I want to say once again thank you for doing so for you know for getting me out there and uh, I want to thank you for um, at least um, how can I say it? You know, how can I say it? Thank you for, uh, you know, at least reaching out to me and I'm reaching back to you. Um, trying to think of anything else we, we, we can cover before we start jump, jumping into, uh, jump into, uh, into business. Um, can't really think of anything else I need to do. Again, it is, I guess, 12.30 in the morning. You know, we, need, we need to catch up on some stuff and let's, let's get right into it. And let's talk about the Washington Commanders. And unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, it's not really good information, good news about the Washington Commanders. Um, certainly, I guess certainly, as you had, as you have heard already, there was a very nice article, a very well written article that came out yesterday, I believe. Um, ESPN. I don't know if ESPN still carries the article or not, um, or not. Um, if you do, you need to go read it. It's a very interesting thing. It seems like the owner of the uh, Washington Commanders, Daniel Schneider, is back at it again. And um, the funny thing about Daniel Schneider is, and again, I don't know that I don't know, some of my viewers are, you know, are soap opera fans. Again, I know soap operas have been kind of a dying breed, so to speak. You don't get as many soap operas as you used to. When I was growing up, you used to have a, a lot of soap operas. But nowadays, you've got, what, Young and Restless, The Bold and the Beautiful. I think they're still around. Um, General Hospital is still is still kicking, kicking as well. There's not many soap operas around anymore. But of course, if you are, if you are a, of course there was the, the nighttime soap operas. You got to remember the dynasties, the Knots Landings of the world. You remember those, and of course you can't forget, one of the all time greats, Dallas, and who can who can forget maybe the greatest villain, in the history of soap operas, and one, J R Ewing. Which was played by the late great Larry Hagman, and to me, to me, it's kind of like you know I kind of I look at Daniel Schneider, and it's kind of like he's a modern day J.R. Ewing in a way. Now maybe in some ways J.R. might be a little more manipulative, I guess. Maybe he was a little more manipulative than maybe Daniel Schneider. He, yeah, he might have been a better villain, but if you look at it this way, um, if you look at it from this perspective, I believe that um, yeah. I believe Daniel Schneider is kind of giving J.R. Ewing maybe a slim run for the money. Now, again, we've heard about now we've heard about the latest reports that um, that there seems to be a a loan issue, a loan. It's, it seems got Daniel's got himself in trouble about loan issue. Um, Supposing the article has come out and said that um, to the point that he was going to buy out his minority owners, and he did. But there's a question on on how he got the loan, how he got the loan to get. To get the money to buy his owners out, and there's an all as the article keeps going on, there's there's speculation that he dipped into some of the, I guess, team funds, so to speak, and got himself a yacht, a private jet, or whatever the case was. So now it's like it kind of goes, it kind of goes from worse to worse for Daniel Schneider. We all know about the, what was the um, the the cheerleaders, the cheerleaders um. Yeah, calendar, you know, taking topless photos of them. We go into the to harassment in the workplace, and then we talk about you know uh, 
keeping some of the money for themselves instead of giving it all to the to the teams at the gate or some of the gate you know gate revenues and it seems like it gets worse and worse and worse and of course we all know about the I guess we were about the um the John Gruden and um Allen situation when it comes to the to the um and it's um I guess racist remarks or uh, if you want yeah basically that stuff so to me it's like it's like the further you dig you dig deeper and deeper it seems like it gets worse and worse and I'm kind of almost I'm almost scared to wonder what what's what's next for you know what's next for Daniel Schneider um, now we all know that Daniel Schneider has um, Daniel Schneider has looked to Bank of America and um, to see how much value the team is worth and who, yeah, and you know, sell a team and um, to see who out there would be worth be worth um, buying the Washington Commanders. Now, supposing the word out there that the um, the gentleman that owns the Washington Post, there's a possibility where he would be very very much interested in in, uh, in um, the team and. To me, it's like the situation gets worse and worse and worse. And to me, it's like the owners have got. I think owners have got to put their foot down and tell Daniel he needs to sell his team right, right here, right now. I mean, I don't care if you go out. Bank of America needs to go out and find, I don't know, three or four quality owners, and and Daniel needs to take take the best offer on the board. Um, supposedly, Daniel wants what seven billion for the team. Um, I think the the gentleman who owns the Washington Post, I think maybe he might offer $2 billion or something, something along those lines. I've read that somewhere. Um, to me, I've heard when it were important that Amazon might be interested in, in the commanders. Again, speculation, rumors. It's getting to the point now where this is getting, enough is getting to be enough. It's like, I'm almost, you know, who knows? You might read an article tomorrow that, um, yeah, that uh, Daniel Schneider was saying derogatory remarks about his coach Ron Rivera or something or something like that. I mean, it's it's getting to the point where it's getting to be a little more ridiculous. And to me, the owners and Roger Goodell need to step in and say, you know, what, enough's enough. Daniel, you need to sell his team. You need to sell his team. Like, yeah, by the week's end or by the end of next week or something like that, because this is getting to the point where it's getting ridiculous. And to me, this has been this has been pretty bad. I mean, I know we've had some. In the history, in the history of sports franchise, we've had some very, yeah, very eccentric owners. Um, some owners that uh, that certainly, certainly made a name for themselves, but there's not many owners that have done the shady stuff that Daniel Schneider has done. Has, has done. I mean, I know we had was it George Steinbrenner and all the jerks he ran the Yankees, but George was not as shady as Daniel Schneider. George was eccentric without a doubt. Um, you know. Um, but again, there's uh, there's many owners. I mean, you can go all the way back to in the heydays. You know, it was a Charlie Comiskey who owned the Chicago White Sox. And again, we all know the reports about Comiskey, and he was, you know, he, of course, back in the day, back in that day and time, there was no way in the world you could pay you know fifty million per year for some player. That's yeah. But we've all heard that the uh, Comiskey was a little cheap. He was cheap, and he would not want to pay his ball players. You know the money they didn't deserve, and this is why they went out and got a little extra money and threw the uh, nineteen nineteen World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. Um, 
yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of, but I mean, English Town has really, you know, has really kind of taken the cake. I mean, I mean, I, and you're almost afraid to figure out what else, what else is next, and it, it is high time. And this is why I'm kind of surprised Eric Bieniemy decided to go ahead and take the offensive coordinator position for the Washington Commanders. Um, I know that the Ravens had interviewed. I think the Ravens wanted to talk to him. To be honest with you, at least he would have been better off with the Ravens. Now, granted, the Lamar Jackson situation is kind of you know up in the, up in the air, but at least the guy would have had steady ownership. At least they had steady ownership. Basically, at least he would have had that to work with. With the with the Commanders, he does not have that. And I've always stated, and I've always stated. If for some for for reasons, let's say that Daniel finally sells the team, and you're going to have an owner comes in that wants to run things their way, so uh, Eric Bieniemy just signed, who just came aboard, you know, that could all go to waste. That could all go to, go to waste and say, well, you know, Eric, um, we know you signed 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 with us, but we got you know we got to get rid of that contract you know, because we're going in this type of direction, and for Ron Rivera. Who'd say Ron Burr's job is going to be safe when new ownership takes over? And but for me, it's hard for any free agent. It's hard for any free agent to come in and with the ownership, with the ownership, with the ownership, with what's going on upstairs. Yeah, it it doesn't look good. I mean, and you have and, and to me, that's what you have to wonder about. Um, you know, draft picks. I mean, when you know Washington makes their picks, if I'm a draft pick. I might, I'd be, I'd be worried to go to Washington because again, you don't know, again, you don't know how deep this stuff runs with uh, Daniel Schneider. I mean, now, now we're talking about loans, we're talking about loans about his misusing funds, misusing loans about going out and getting a, um, a private jet or yacht or whatever the case is. And to me, this is getting, you know, this is getting outright ridiculous. Um, to me, I, I, heck yeah. Heck, if I'm the players, if I'm the players, maybe I might go to Roger Goodell and say, Roger, we're going to sit there, you know, we're going to have our own mini strike. We're going to go on strike, and you need to get this owner up out, up out of here. Yeah. Um, to me, I think the players, heck, I think Ron Rivera, I think the, co- the entire coaching staff should just just walk out. Go, yeah, just just go on break. Yeah, just, just go on strike, whatever the case might be, and say, Roger, if you can't get rid of Daniel Schneider, you better find somebody to buy this team or we're not gonna play for this guy, you know, next year. And let's see if that speeds up let's say that speeds up the process. Because again, I mean, again, it, it kinda gets to the point and if you read it sometimes Roger, I think even Rogers has tried his best to back some of Daniel Schneider's play. And to me, that doesn't look on Roger Goodell if if if, if I'm not saying Roger knew what was going on. But he's done the best he can to protect, protect Daniel Schneider and back his play on certain things. But to me, not even not even the commissioner, commissioner of the NFL can keep continue backing Daniel, Daniel, you know, continue back Daniel Schneider's play. This is getting beyond ridiculous. I mean, and like I said, to me, if if I'm a free agent, I don't want to come to Washington until until Daniel Schneider's out of here, until he's gone, until I know. Who's going to be the owner? Who's going to be the owner of this? Uh, who's going to be on the football team? And like we said, we've heard rumors that we've heard that the uh, the gentleman that owns the Washington Post is interested. Amazon's interested. Um, I don't know if any 
anybody else um, that's interested in, in ownership. But to be honest with you, they need somebody needs to step in and go to Roger Goodell. It's Roger, we'll buy the team. Um, but again, it's to the point is getting ridiculous. I can, yeah, I mean, I can see it now. I can see it now. A couple of years, I can see um, ESPN doing it thirty for thirty, just on just on this stuff alone, just on this on this stuff. I can see the rise and fall of Dan Schneider, thirty yeah thirty for thirty thing. And if ESPN does that, ESPN needs to uh, needs to uh, give me yeah gives me a little credit for for coming up with that one because I can see this now, I can see this now being be, being being a thing for um you know for uh, ESPN doing something something along those lines, and to me it's it's kind of a it's kind of a sad thing when the Commanders, if you think about it with all that's going on, the Commanders had a slim chance to even make the playoffs last year. They did. They had a slim slim chance. And again, again now, and now, you know, again, it's hard for me to make, it's hard to make face value on the commanders. Um, I'm sure Ron Rivera, he has to go, he has to go his business as usual because of all this stuff going on. And I kind of feel sorry for Ron Rivera because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if he's at the combine, how much money do you want to put on it that he has to answer a question about Dana Schneider? If he doesn't, it, 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 it will blow me away. It will shock me. But I guarantee you, Ron, Ron's probably getting sick and tired of answering questions about Daniel Schneider. Because somebody, somebody, I mean, you know, you know the media is going to bring it up to, to Ron, and Ron's going to probably want to strangle somebody because of that. And again, that's something Ron can't control. And that's not Ron Rivera's fault. Ron Rivera did not do all the stuff that Daniel Schneider did. That's not on him. That's on Daniel Schneider. You know, and to be honest with you, it's getting, I mean, you know, I mean, it's getting to the point now where you, where somebody needs to step in and step in and take over the day-to-day operations for the commanders until they can find an owner, you know, until they can find an owner for this team. And to me, they need to find one, yeah, sooner the better. And again, you know, if you're a free agent, I wouldn't want to go to the Washington. I wouldn't want to go. To, I wouldn't want to go there. I wouldn't. If you if you get drafted by Washington, I'd have my doubts about wanting to be drafted by Washington. Not because of Ron Rivera. Not because of Eric Bieniemy. Not because of the coaching staff or the players. No, it's because of Daniel Schneider. And I hate to say that. I mean, again, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's been a lot of unusual owners in the history. You know, in the history of sports, but Daniel Schneider's got to be the most. I don't know. It, maybe the most crooked one that I that I that I think I've ever heard of, and not every owner is a saint by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying that, but all the stuff that's coming about Ron Rivera, it gets worse and worse. It's like it's just when you think you hit the tip of the iceberg, you haven't. Something else comes up, and like I said, I'm kind of worried that maybe in about another month or so, something yeah, something else will come up that's going to make this going to make this even worse. But again. You'd have to read. You have to read the article on ESPN. It's a nice. It's a nice written article. But you've got to read the article about you know about about this loan because it's it is it is just simply odd. It is simply weird. It is simply out there that um that uh, Daniel Schneider has uh, gone has gone about and um, 
just when you can't get worse, it does get worse for Daniel Schneider. And to me, to me, he needs, I mean, to me, Daniel needs to be gone, like, right now. And to me, what makes it worse is, I know his wife is supposed to run the day-to-day operations because Daniel is not really supposed to be involved in a lot of activities, not really supposed to be. But to me, it's like it's it's time for it's time for Daniel. It's time for Tanya to pretty much get rid of this team, sell the team once and for all. And I know Daniel wants the right amount of money. He wants seven billion. I don't know if he'll get seven billion for the team, but again. The asking price for a lot of NFL franchise for any, I shouldn't say NFL franchise, but any, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, it's like the billions are the, it's like one to two billion seems to be the standard, seems to be the standard now. At one point in time, it was, it was millions, but now billions become, become, become the standard, become the standard. And, and I'm sure his, Washington's probably worth, I think, What's out there? I think it said that Washington is worth two billion. I, I think that's what it said. I think I believe I've read that somewhere where they're worth about two billion. That might sound about right. But again, and again, you have to wonder with you know, whatever new ownership comes in takes over. Again, do you keep Ron Rivera around? Do you keep the coaching staff around? How much player movement? Yeah, how much player? Who players do you want to move? And there's a stadium issue. There's been, you know, rumors going around that it might, that Washington might want a brand new stadium. At one time, I was talking about doing a stadium like in what, up in northern, northern Virginia. Again, you know, you have to, th- you have to think about it. Washington, the commander's home is actually in Maryland, not in D.C. itself. It would be nice for the commanders to get back to the Washington, to the state capital, I should say. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. But the move, the move to Northern Virginia would be a, would be would be a, would be more of a right move than happen in Maryland. You know, maybe you maybe you can convince Northern. I mean, I think Daniel Schneider's trying to convince Northern Virginia to build a stadium, but it has kind of fallen on deaf ears. And I think at one point in time they had a certain area in Northern Virginia that they that they wanted to. Um, and I think, to be honest with you, I think that's something they need to invest in again. They need to do that. Um, I mean, to me, in Northern Virginia be, would be nice. Now, the crazy one was, at one point in time, there was a weird discussion at one point in time about having having the commanders actually move to Virginia State Capitol and as Richmond. There was a rumor one time that that was even brought up as a, as a possibility. Now, to me, Richmond, I'll be honest with you, I've been, I'm a Richmond native, been a Richmond native all my life, but again, Richmond's having problems um, trying to get, you know, trying to get a, a minor league a baseball team to stay, to stay put, to stay, to stay put here. And they're talking about giving uh, billi- uh, millions of dollars to rebuild a stadium so the AA affiliate of the San Francisco Giants can stay in town. So to be honest with you, for them to even think about trying to support a, uh, you know, an NFL team would be would be just outrageous. But to me, I can see you start a team in Northern Virginia. It'd be a little more maybe realistic than it is having them in Maryland. But again, that's just an opinion. 
but it did for Daniel Schneider moving forward. It's time for Daniel to, it's 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 time for Cadell to step in and ban Daniel Schneider, period, from doing any football activity whatsoever. And to me, if I have to, I have to ban his, ban his wife too. Get somebody to get in there that can, I don't think it'd be a co-owner, but somebody to call all the shots. Now, granted, yeah, granted that person comes in, they would have to stick around with the general manager, stick around with, you know, Robert Barrow and company. They would have to stick around, but they would have to do what is best for the commanders and the NFL. And to me, that's, to me, that's, that's the point that we're getting at right now. They've got to step in. Enough's enough. Let's get this, yeah, let's get this, yeah, let's, let, let's get this straight. Because I hate to find out, I hate to find out what is next, what is next for the, uh, you know, for the, yeah, for Daniel Schneider, what else, what else, what else skeleton he has, does he have in his closet? I know one, one time he said, yeah, he had, uh, dirt on about every owner in the NFL. Well, I'll tell you what, Daniel's got more dirt on himself than he, than he could have on any owner, yeah, any, any owner, um, I mean, the next report will come out that Daniel Schneider is not as not uh, rich as he says he is, that he's actually flat broke. Uh, okay, now that might be that might be a uh, that might be a different story for a different time. Of course, we all know if you ever watch the ESPN, Friday the Fresh special on the uh, New York Islanders and a gentleman that bought the uh, Islanders many years ago, really, yeah, really wasn't worth the money that he was worth. And he Team again to me, I'm starting to think maybe Dan is going to be just like that at some point in time. Well, you figure Dan's money is a little is certainly more legit. Yeah, certainly more legit is a little more than he is. Yeah, but again, it's starting to it's kind of it's getting it's getting to the point where I think it's getting worse and worse day by day. Dude, I hate to tell you this, but you're going to have to, you're going to need to sell this team sooner or better and stop making the Washington Commanders a laughing stock. And to me, it's coming, it's coming, it's gotten pretty bad because, you know, I mean, it's gotten, it's gotten bad. I mean, what about all the greats, the Washington greats? I mean, I'm sure you guys like, like the great Sammy Ball. He's probably turning over his grave. I mean, there's some, there's some, you know, there's some injuries, the Billy Kilmer's. Um, you know, John Riggins, Daryl Green, you know, you know, the Hogs. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure Joe Gibbs, even Joe Gibbs probably is probably shaking his head right now. And heck, if I'm Ron Rivera, maybe I'm Ron Rivera, maybe I just want to, yeah. I know Ron loves to be in, loves to be in a head football coach's leg. But sometimes like, I wonder if Ron wants to say, you know what, Daniel, I've had enough of this, man. I've had enough of this. I can't take this no more. I'm up, I'm up out of here. And I don't know if I blame, I don't know if I blame Ron Rivera for just, you know, just quitting. He could sit there and go, Dan, go, Dan, you know, I've had health issues, man. I mean, you know, I've had, you know, cancer. I mean, I don't need, yeah, I don't need this. I don't need, I don't need this stress. I'm sick and tired of answering questions about your stupidity, your ignorance of what you've done. You know, I'm up out of here. Yeah. And you have to wonder, and you have to wonder if, you know, to me, some of the players should go to Roger Goodell and say, Roger, if Daniel's not gone, 
then you need to get us up out of Washington. We want to go. We want to get traded. We want to go to you know to this place or that place. And to me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame. Them. I mean, I would. You know, I would not blame. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't blame if. Um, seriously, dude, I would. You know, I would not blame anybody that want to get that wants to get traded. I don't care if Curtis Samuel went to. Um, you know, I went to Roger to Dallas Roger. I mean, we need, we need, you need to trade me up about this team because I'm not going to be around a guy like Daniel Schneider. And to me, this is something that maybe the Washington Commanders players they should consider. And I hate to say it, what is called it? Mutiny, Mutiny on the Bounty was a movie or a book years ago. This is getting to be the point where this is getting to be, yeah, this is getting to be ridiculous. And for Daniel Schneider, this is this has gone beyond any approach that I can actually that I can really 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 think of. Um, and again, if you're if you're if you're a player, why would you want to go to Washington? Yeah, to me, why would you want to go there? And to be honest with you, if I'm an agent, you know, I would look at my agent and say, you better not even think about talking talking to Washington because of that circus. I mean, I thought we had Ringland, Bottles, and Bonnie Bailey Circus. I thought they were pretty much a thing of the past now. But again, I guess, I guess it's in Washington. Daniel Schneider he appears to be the ringmaster because it's because Washington's become a joke, and that's a sad thing because Washington is a historic franchise. A lot of great players have come through, you know, come, you know, come through Washington. And to me, some of these Washington, some of these Washington greats are probably shrugging or just shaking their heads. Got their heads buried and sound like an ostrich because they don't want they don't want nobody to know that they play for Washington. Um, you know, to be honest with you, some of the all time greats are probably some that are uh, unfortunately no longer on this earth are probably turning on their graves saying, Man, man, what is going on here? Even Jack King Cook is probably sitting back and saying, Man, dude, I might have done some 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 bad stuff, but darn dude. I have, I have never went that far. Now, granted, it might have been, again, there were issues with Jackson Cook at one time was there was kind of some racist stuff that was talked about him and, and stuff that I had read many years ago. But again, I, I, now hopefully Dan Shiner is not like that, but it's just some of the stuff that Dan Shiner has done. It's just, it, makes you, it makes you scratch your head and wonder what are you doing and what are you thinking. And to me, it should be an honor and a privilege to own any franchise. I mean, you know, I'm assuming Dan Schneider was a, a sports fan. And trust me, and I'll be honest with you, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. But of course, I don't have billions of dollars I can throw around and buy the Cincinnati Bengals. If I did, it probably would never happen. I was always a Cincinnati Red fan because I was a fan of the big red machine days. But again, I don't have that type of money to throw around and own a franchise, and trust me, if I did, and I never thought about owning a franchise, I mean, I would treat any franchise with, with, you know, with, with the respect it deserves. I would treat the league, whether it was, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, the NFL, the NBA, or NHL, whatever, you know, whatever sports franchise is. The thing is, it would be an honor and privilege to own any franchise, you know, whatsoever. Because that league deserves the respect, and to me, Daniel Schneider has not has 
not shown the NFL any respect whatsoever, and he has not shown the Washington football team, the Washington Commanders, you know, any respect whatsoever. But again, this still keep going on and on and on, and I have to wonder if he will Roger Goodell step up and say, Daniel, you need to sell the team, you know, and a snap of my fingers, you need to, you need to hurry up, you need to, if you, you know, you need to have, you need to make a miracle out and find you the perfect owner, the owner that's willing to give you the close to the amount that you want. Forget the yeah, forget the seven billion dollars. If somebody offers you two billion, take it. If they offers you three billion, you better take that. You better take something. Because dude, I said you've made the NFL, you've made Washington a complete joke. And again, I don't know, it's like again, you scratch your head. You scratch your head and it makes you think that way. It makes you wonder what, you know, is there anything, is there any, is there any, is there any right, is there any stone that's been unturned? And I hate to say, but there may be a stone that's probably unturned that we don't know nothing about. Again, Daniel, Dan Schneider, Roger Goodell, the bottom line is, you need to tell him to hurry up and sell his team sooner the better. Because, because I don't want to find any more information, and I hate to find out because I got a feeling this stuff might get worse and worse. And for me, and for me, nobody from, you know, from Ron Rivera, the football team, they shouldn't have to put up with this. This is ridiculous. They, they're going to have to answer questions. And you know Ron Rivera. You know, I'm sure some of the players have answered these questions. But again, it's, it's time. It's... It's long overdue. Daniel needs to sell his football team. He needs to sell it sooner. The sooner, the better. Now we'll stick. We'll stick with the Commanders for a few more minutes, and we'll talk about a player. As Deron Payne is, is the uh, first man that got the franchise tag slapped on him, slapped on in this in this all season. Now, the one thing I can say about the commanders is this, and that's not, we're, we're kind of done talking about Daniel Schneider. But the thing about the, the commanders is, if you look at the defensive line, they, they've had a pretty good defensive line the last the last few years. Going from Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, um, was it Montez, was it Montez Sweat? And then you've got, yeah, then you've got, um, you know, Young. You've had a good off, you've had a pretty good defensive line. Now they paying. I think is going to be is going to have to probably down what close to 19, 19 They have to pay him close to nineteen million. Now Payne, yeah, Payne has been a has been a pretty steady performer since he's been in this league. But to me, in a way, I'm kind of surprised that they put the cycle franchise tag on Payne really in the first place. Again, and again, this kind of goes back. Well, yeah, it kind of goes back to a Daniel Schneider thing because of the ownership. It's to me, it's kind of hard to make that move. If you don't know what's really going on upstairs. And I think, you know, but again, Payne's been a solid player for them. Again, Payne, Allen's been a solid player. Sweat's had some pretty has had some good years, but I think he may they may end up losing him. And Chase Young, whose fifth year con fifth year um deal, I guess, has not been has not been picked up. And of course Young has been hurt the last couple of couple of years. But his rookie year, it was a solid rookie year. But against the Washington and moving forward, I mean, you gotta look at the team. I mean, 
the defensive line was never the issue for them. Um, to me, it's the secondary was Washington's biggest is 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 their biggest problem, and it's going to continue to be their biggest problem. Of course, the draft, and a lot of people are predicting that they may very well get a cornerback in the draft, which I wouldn't blame them. I mean, I think it's the right move to make. But for Payne, I mean, for Payne, if I'm if I'm Devon Payne, I gotta wonder to myself. I'm sure Payne probably thought he was gonna get out of town. And hoping that maybe Washington wouldn't slap the franchise tag on him because, yeah, because of all again, again, what's all going on upstairs? You know, now maybe Payne might not come out. Maybe he might not say that. Maybe his agent might not come out and say that either. But if I'm Darrell Payne, I gotta say to myself, man, I wish I could have got, I could have got out of town. And again, and I guarantee you, if Payne had gotten out of town, he would have, he would, he would have been gobbled up by um. You've been called about somebody make you know make no mistake about it. There are many teams can use a a solid defensive tackle in this in this league, but Deron Payne has the Deron Payne becomes the first man this all season to be franchise tag slapped on him. Now there's been many more, whether it be Lamar Jackson, maybe Daniel Jones, you know, however stuff you know however stuff comes comes out. But I mean. Uh, but again, with Washington, I mean, the biggest thing was, of course, the quarterback situation has been Washington's biggest problem. I mean, Sam Howell right now has been told that he's going to be the number one quarterback, you know, going into next season. Now, again, there's been there was a, there was a uh, article today that the Commanders may may try to resign Tyler Taylor Heineke and let him back up Sam Howell. That possibility does exist and. I could probably see that. I think he had his moments with the commanders the last, you know, few years. So again, I can kind of see that. But then again, I can see a veteran quarterback. Now, I don't see the Garoppolo, the Derek Cars, or someone like that going there, but I can see but you can see, I mean, one name would pop to my head, what about a guy like Andy Dalton? Now, I know Andy Dalton is not is not appealing to the eye. I mean, he doesn't like he's not gonna strike fear. Into, into the hearts of defenses in the NFL. But, you know, a guy like Andy Dalton, yeah, I'm sure Andy Dalton could work with Ron Rivera, and I'm sure Andy Dalton could work with Eric Bieniemy very well. But again, I can see Sam Allen starting and Dalton being the backup and Dalton helping out, you know, helping out Sam Allen. I can see that. Another guy, what about a guy like Jacoby Brissett? I mean, Jacoby, I think, could be a nice fit. I think Jacoby and uh, Eric Benny could have a pretty good working relationship. I can see that. Um, certainly, I can see Ron Rivera getting along well. Again, I can see maybe Brissett working with with Sam Howell. I mean, there's a couple of names I'll I'll you know I'll throw I'll throw out there. Again, I think that's the direction that the Commanders are probably going more so than trying to go get and spend a whole bunch of money on. Trying to get a Garoppolo or trying to get a Derek Carr or you know something something along those lines. We've talked about the running game. The running game is nice. I like Robinson. I like Gibson. Now, as far as you know, JD McKissick is supposed to return, but I would be surprised if JD got got cut. It got cut. And to me, I would be surprised if he didn't. Now, to me, I kind of think he should really. And the receiving core is not that bad. There's talent in the receiving core. McLaurin, Kurt Samuel. Dotson's got a lot of potential. Um, the biggest thing is, would Logan Thomas come back? To me, I think Logan Thomas, you know, should be cut. Again, we talked about in previous episodes where 
this is one of the better tight end classes. I can see maybe the commanders go get a, a tight end. You know, and have him work with, with Sam Howell. You know, and of course, Eric Bieniemy, he had one of the greatest highs in the history of his game, and Travis Kelsey has worked with for many years. I mean, I'm sure that Eric could bestow his knowledge on them, you know, you know, and tell them, hey, this is what Travis Kelsey would do, you know. And the offensive, the offensive line can still use a little work. It's not the worst offensive line in the NFL, but it can use a little work. And again, with the commanders, it's the back end. That's The back end is a problem. The secondary is a huge problem. And yes, they can use the draft. Now, I wouldn't say they go out, of course, we talked about it the last episode, Jalen Ramsey. But again, I don't see them go out and get in Jalen Ramsey. I really don't see that. It'd be an interesting thought process, but that's that's not going to happen. So again, I mean, they're on pain. I mean, getting signing a franchise tag on pain is not the worst thing that the commanders have done. I mean, it's something they felt they needed to do, and they did it. They did it. But moving forward, is, yeah, moving forward, you have to wonder. You have to wonder if, you know, how much, yeah, I'm sure Payne's going to be around for one for one year, probably a one-year deal. He's going to be back for one year, and he'll probably be gone next year because I don't think he probably wants to stay around in Washington. Not because of Ron Rivera. It's because of Daniel Schneider. Now, granted, maybe maybe they get a new ownership, maybe Payne's mind will change. But if I'm here on Payne, I want to get up, up out of Washington because of, the, because of the ownership. Now, for Washington... You have to look at Washington and look at the situation they're in. You've got the Philadelphia Eagles in that division. Now, Philadelphia, I'm sure the Philadelphia will have a little bit of a, a little bit of a slip. They've got a lot of free agents they've got to try to re-sign. There's a lot, and there's a lot of the free agents they won't be able to re-sign. And with Dallas, the defense is still there. But can you have know, Mike McCartney who's taken over as the, you must say the offensive coordinator, even though, even though Brian Schottenheimer has that title, but Mike McCartney is the one who's going to be calling the plays and calling the shots. So you have to wonder if he can right the ship and get you know Dak Prescott right. But we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see. We'll see on. We'll see about that as well. But you know, again, will Zeke come back? Is he coming back? Is he going to get released? Is he going to cut and pay? Um, Pollard. Pollard probably won't be healthy by, maybe he probably won't be healthy by week one, but do you re-sign him? Do you get an all-weapon to go along with C.D. Lamb? Again, and the Giants, the Giants made tremendous strides last year, but do you bring Daniel, do you, is that, does Daniel Jones come back? If he comes back, does he come back with a 45 game a year that you might have to pay him or you know, less than that, or what's it going to be? And Barkley, can you bring Barkley back? Now, again, I think the situation is off of that is, you know, again, the Giants, they've made tremendous improvement. Can Washington be this year's Giants and make that make that step up? Again, I don't know. I won't say probably not. But at least Washington, at least they did keep one of their top defensive players around in pain. I don't have a problem with it. But the problem is, if I'm, you know, but again, if I'm paying, I gotta sit back and say, "Oh shucks, man! I wish I was, I was, I wish I was up, you know, up out of here." And for paying, I certainly, I certainly wish him the best. And uh, and 
I'm sure he'll make, I'm sure he's gonna, like I said, he'll make about, what, 18 point million or close to 19 million this year. And again, sometimes maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the old saying's not that. They say money is the root of all evil, right? That's what they say for Daniel Schneider. Maybe that might be the case, right? Maybe for Daniel Schneider. The money could be the root of all evil. But for Dan, for Daryl and Payne, in this situation, money is certainly not the root of evil. Money is, money is certain. Money is something, well, how can I say it's money well spent? And maybe for the commanders, Payne's money, money is something that is well spent. Uh, one piece of news came out yesterday for the uh, Buffalo Bills is the uh, Miss Leslie Frazier, their defensive coordinator, who has done an outstanding job the last few years with the, with the um, Buffalo Bills. Before he got there, the Buffalo Bills defense was getting not really that good. Once he got there, you know, some you know the right draft picks, the right draft picks, Vaughn Miller, you know, the defense became a top. A top ten defense in this league under Leslie Frazier, but of course the Buffalo Bills fans, we all know that that Leslie Frazier is going to take a is going to step away for a year and come back in twenty twenty four. The word is Leslie has been is is burnt out. Now Leslie's been in this league for many many years. He's been a defensive coordinator for what the Minnesota Vikings, I believe, um, Cincinnati Bengals. He's been a defensive coordinator for like a three teams. I think he was. He was a coach. He was a head football coach for the uh, Minnesota Vikings for a brief, for a little bit of a brief period of time. And again, he's done an outstanding job with the with the Buffalo Bills. But again, he feels he feels burned out. He needs stepping away. And and to be honest with you, you know, I, coaches, you know, coaches do get burned out. Certainly, without a doubt. I mean. We all have, you know, Sean McFay. I mean, Sean McFay was thinking about even retiring and even coaching, what, maybe, you know, for, you know, for like seven or eight, like, like six, seven years with the Rams. And he was thinking about stepping away after, after winning the Super Bowl. And sometimes when you reach, when you reach the very top of your profession, you always wonder, well, what's the next step? Is there, it, there's, there's no other place to go. And, and for, you know, for Leslie Frazier, I'm not going to say that because I think Leslie has a lot, lot more to give in the NFL. Now I believe he'll be back in 2024, and my guess he'll be the defensive coordinator once again for the Buffalo Bills once he comes back in 2024. But you know, sometimes coaches have to step away. Health issues become a big, become a big factor. But yeah, you do burn out. I mean, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. When Sean Payton got to got to the New Orleans Saints. Him and Drew Brees came in as a package deal. But of course they had to deal with uh Hurricane Katrina. And the city of New Orleans have, have gone through Hurricane Katrina. And they're pro- and they're still to this day still going through what the the horrible stuff that went on it was a horrible storm. The horrible hurricane the horrible stuff that Hurricane Katrina. The city of New Orleans still has never has never really rebuilt from that. But even after all those years, Sean Payton had to step away because he, you know, he burned out. And a lot of coaches, you know, they give, they give and give. You know, the problem is some coaches in this, some coaches will sit there and might go in the office, you know, might work like, you know, like five in the morning to maybe like, you know, to maybe like 
maybe like uh, one, two, three o'clock the next morning. You know, you know, doing, you know, looking at game film, getting game plans ready, looking at scouting reports. You know, so forth and so forth. I mean, again, you do that for many, many years. Yeah, it it can get to you after a while. I mean, some of the greats they handle it. I mean, guys like the Bill Belichick's of the world, Tom Landry, Don Shula. You know, um, you know. I mean, to be honest with you, even like Bill Walsh. I mean, I think Bill Walsh burned out. Even the even Vince Lombardi, the guy they named the trophy after. Even Vince, even Vince, I think, kind of burned out a little bit. Now, again, health became a health. Health became, you know, cancer eventually, you know, became an issue for uh, Vince Lombardi. But part of it, Vince got burned out after all those successful years. Got, you know, Packers to NFL championship after NFL championship. Now, and when the first couple of Super Bowls, even I think, well, like I said, I'm a cancer played certainly a, had a lot to do with it. But even the great Vince Lombardi got burned out. You know, um, it happens. And, you know, Frazier, I think, you know, I think Leslie Frazier got to the point where maybe he was burning out. You know, Frazier is, what, 60, I think he's 62, 63 years old. Heck, I can remember Leslie Frazier when he was playing, playing for the Chicago Bears, the 85 Chicago Bears. Heck, he was an important part of the, um, he was a part of that 85 Bear defense. I mean, I can, you know, I can remember that. Heck, I can remember, I think I can remember having a football card of Leslie Frazier. I, matter of fact, I think I think I might have might have a car laser fridge around the house. I'm just guessing. I think I might be wrong on that, but but it's it's simply amazing. But again, coaches burn out. It, it does. I mean, heck, on the college level, you got co coaches on the college level that burn that that burn out. Again, like I said, you know the greats, some of the greats. I mean, even Bill Walsh burned out. George Seifert come in again, like I said, Lombardi burned out. You know, I mean, there's got, I mean, it had to be a, I'm sure there was a point in time that even a guy like Tom Landry felt the burnout. I'm sure Chuck Noll probably felt a little bit, uh, felt a little bit of burnout every once. I think he probably felt some burnout after. But again, I mean, even Sean Fay was burning out. He thought about retiring, and Sean Fay still a, a young, as I said, a young coach. Well, Sean Lafay is, I think Sean had got to, had got, finally had got to the pinnacle of winning a Super Bowl. And the thing with Sean was like, okay, well, where, where, where do I go next? Yeah. And, and again, for me, I've always felt deep down inside, there's always the next level. There's always somewhere else to go. And there's always, you know, you can always boost your game. But for Leslie Frazier, I understand it. Trust me, I get it. I mean, we all burn out. I mean, and not as a not as a coach, not as a football coach or baseball manager or you know or NBA coach or whatever the case may be. Certainly, I'm sure when you do a nine to five job and you do something for many many years, there comes a point in time where you hit the wall. You burn. You do get burned out. You're tired of doing the same thing over and over again. I mean, I'll be honest with you for myself. I've been doing what I've been doing for almost 33 years now. And I gotta be honest with you, there's days where I don't feel like doing it no more. It's like because I've done it over and over and over again. And you always wanna do 
something different. And trust me, trust me, I've always wanted to do something different, but what do you do different when you're used to doing the same thing for many, many years? But again, you know, with less of pressure, I get it. You burn, I mean, I get it. Less of burned out. And that's, you know, that's nothing I mean. But again, Buffalo Bills understand that. And Buffalo, I'm sure, has a contingency plan in place to replace Leslie Frazier. I'm sure somebody more likely on their staff will take over. And the Buffalo Bills, who still have a pretty decent defense. So, well, then, yes, yes, they'll, they'll miss Leslie Frazier's guidance. But they have a pretty good defense. They have a good enough defense in place that, can, that, that will continue on with their six with the success. And again, Buffalo Bills have one sort of like a top ten defense in the league. And Buffalo Bills are still a team that's probably gonna gonna contend for the AFC East. So they'll probably be a team that will contend for a playoff spot, wild card spot. Buffalo is still in that place to do so. Now, you can kind of you can you can read into whatever you want to read into about, you know, Stephon Diggs going off, you know, going off because um he thought that the, he thought that what's the word I'm looking for that Buffalo he didn't like he didn't like losing he didn't like losing to the Bengals in the playoffs and he didn't want it he thought it was unacceptable and I got no problem and certainly there's no problem with that what I think Stephon Diggs losing is unacceptable and just in some instances he's probably right because they're like what did what did Vince once said winning isn't everything it's the only thing and. And part of that, part of it is really true. But a lot of that is true. No matter if you're second place. That's just the way the world is. No matter if the guy that came in second place or the team that finished second or the team that finished runner-up. We, we, don't, we don't remember any of that stuff. We never do, right? But moving forward, but for Leslie Frazier, I certainly wish him, wish him the best of luck. Um, maybe you're off of rejuvenate his batteries, recharge his batteries, so to speak, we should say. And again, Leslie can step right back into Buffalo, who has a pretty decent defense. And a lot of that happens. And a lot of that has to do with Leslie Frazier, because he's done an outstanding job with that defense. Um, he's had success in the, in the NFL as a defensive coordinator in this league. And I'm sure once Leslie gets back in 2024, I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll have the Buffalo Bills, you know, continuing on the right track. And who knows? Once Leslie gets back. Maybe it'll be the year that Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But for Leslie, certainly I certainly wish him all the luck in the world. I hope his health, I hope his health is good. Um, there hasn't been any reports that his health is bad. There's no reports there. But again, I understand it. Heck, everyday life, we all burn out at some point in time. And sometimes we need to step back. We need to recharge our batteries. And for Leslie Frazier, he is just recharging his batteries. But I certainly I certainly wish I certainly wish him the best of luck and and I'm sure he'll be back soon enough. And the last thing we'll talk about is um of course another release. Uh, there's been there's been a few releases, but the Atlanta Falcons released uh Marcus Marcus Mariota as of as of yesterday. Now, this wasn't a surprise release. Um uh, late last season, I think uh, Marcus Marcus Mario had some uh, knee issues, and um, and he went to he went to have surgery on his or get his knee cleaned out or had surgery on it. Now, supposedly the rumors were going around that 
Lundgren and Marcus didn't tell Atlanta Falcons that he was going to get some knee surgery. Some people thought that maybe Marcus was upset because he lost his starting job to Desmond Reader and he left the team when he got the surgery and whatever else. And and to me, that was kind of the writing on the wall at the end of the end of for Marcus uh, Mariota. Now, now to me, this is kind of a situation that right now Marcus was kind of the same boat that uh, Carson Wentz was in. That this was going to be pretty much Marcus Mariota's last time being a you know a starting quarterback in this league. Now, Marcus got off to a pretty decent start with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, y'all in Atlanta Falcons at one point in time was was kind of in a playoff chase at one point in time. And, but again, you know, but again, Marcus, you could make an argument, Marcus, again, you know, Marcus did have a good connection with Kyle Pitts, and Kyle Pitts' number suffered. He had, he had a problem with uh, Drake London, and to me, his arm strength kind of went down. Um, he still ran the football fairly well. And again, that's what Arthur Smith had more of a running game, and the running game was pretty did pretty well for a while last year. But their passing suffered, and now this is Desmond Reader's team, and last Atlanta goes out and gets a veteran quarterback to come in and challenge Reader. But for right now, this is Desmond Reader's team right now, and Desmond, yes, he does have some scrimmability, and yes, but Reader's got a much better arm than Marcus Mariota, and again. Reader now is going to step in. He's going to step in, and he's got he's going to have to find that connection with Drake London, with Kyle Pitts. And again, if 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 he can be a decent quarterback in this league, Atlanta could be on the verge of of something nice to build towards the future. But for Marcus Mariota, I don't know. I would say Mariota's career is over. Mariota could probably still be a backup quarterback in this league. Now, where he would go, someone would have to fit his, someone would have to, would have to fit Marcus Mariota and someone fit his, fit the system for Marcus, you know, for Marcus Mariota. And the funny thing about it, what about Marcus going to the Dallas Cowboys? He could buy back of Dak and be okay at it. But again, I don't think Marcus is, um, his career is not over with. Um, some team, some team will call, will give him a call to come in, you know, to come in and um, and be their quarterback. Um, I mean, what about Marcus with the, with the Chargers? He could back up, he could probably back up um, Justin Herbert, right? Again, that's going to be, you know, I could see Marcus backing up Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Heck, I could see that. He'd be an upgrade, a huge upgrade. But for right now, that's why I see Mario is they did a starting quarterback. Yes, they're over within this league. But I think Mario still has some a value, some use as a backup quarterback in this league. And certainly under the right system, yes, a system that's going to let you maybe run the football a little bit, Marcus would be perfect for this. A possibility is, as crazy it sounds, what about the San Francisco 49ers? Reports are the 49ers looking maybe for a veteran quarterback because Brock Purdy is probably not going to be there opening week, and again, Trey Lancer coming from a, you know, broken ankle. But could Marcus Mariota fit San Francisco? Could, could he fit in San Francisco's mold? It's a possibility. But we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go see. 
But no, Marcus's days are not over with as a quarterback in this league. Far from it. Uh, that is all they have time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Please, as I've always said, take care of yourselves. And I will see you again very soon.